Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I have received a very important personal serious message, Jordan. Do you mind if I... Do you think this is the right time and place? I have no secrets from you, Jordan. Certainly 20 some years we've been friends. Gosh, sorry. Uh, I have a lot of secrets from you. Oh, really? Yeah. Don't tell me you have the secret of the ooze. I'll never tell, but... I've been trying to find that fucking secret since I was 10 years old. Let's just say a certain Toka and Razar might be showing up (laughs) at your house later to kill you. This is a message that was forwarded to me from... uh, Toka and Razar, the mutants from TMNT2, the secret of the ooze. Sorry, go ahead, Jesse. Thanks for the clarification on that, Jordan. I had them pegged as the bad guys from Brave Star. No, no, no. Secret of the use. Continue. Okay. Thomas Matisic sent me this. Uh, he's a former Max Fund intern. Lives in Minnesota. Nice man. Very handsome. This is a message from Violent J. The insane clown posse member? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> It doesn't say... No, the owner of a Hyundai dealership. <laughs> yeah. <it does. laughs> Come on down to Violent J's Hyundai. It says personal serious message from Violent J. It doesn't say personal serious message from Violent J of the Insane Clown Posse. So yeah, who knows? It could be Pastor Violent J. There's any number of Violent J's it could be. I mean, we know it's not non-Violent J. Sup, ninjas. Yo. Okay, this checks out. I think it might be him. I think it might be the ICP guy. Sorry, just a hunch. If it's not, he's done his research. You know who nonviolent Jay is, by the way? The Reverend Jesse Jackson. (laughs) Sup, ninjas. That's funny. Thanks. Uh, It's a humor program. Yo, I've been studying primates lately. I'm talking chimps, gorillas, spider monkeys, orangutans, ect. They're all awesome in my book. So if you happen to own or work with one or more of these dope creatures, or if you know someone who does, then please leave me a message because Ninja, I'd like to be your friend. Not because you're a great guy or anything like that either. Nope. The truth is I'd only like to be your friend because you've got access to a fresh monkey. Before you go calling me a user, Face the facts. The only reason you'd even let me meet that damn monkey is because I rap fresh. It's that simple. Shit. We should both be glad your monkey can't rap because if it could, we'd both be asked out of this equation. So, leave me your info, monkey nuts, and I'll bring the bananas. VJ. Uh, wow. Yeah. And I think this is a good time. As you were reading that, Mm -hmm. I was realizing that I don't think we as a culture have checked in on the Juggalos lately. The last I remember the last time a Juggalo thing made the news. It was because I think they were very early to we should probably cancel our shows because of COVID. Right early, like, we're not sure what this is. We're not sure how long this will be. We got to cancel the shows. And that kind of like supported the narrative. Hey, the Juggalos are actually pretty cool. Yeah. And I I agreed. A shining moment for uh, complicated people. Then, Well, I remember hearing that this was maybe like 18 months ago. They did a show in Dubai for the Association of International Arms Smugglers. (laughs) Is that same deal or... You know, we're all we all contain multitudes. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, not least the insane clown yes, posse. Sure, they contain multitudes from violent J to shaggy two dope. <laughs> sure, inside all of us, there are two juggalos <laughs> <laughs> at war, constantly warring with each other. And I, I, I appreciate the honesty of that email. Kind of like, let's lay this on the table. I want something from you. 
which is monkey access. Right. You want something from me, which is a proximity to someone who can wrap fresh. Right. Let's make this as honest a transaction as possible. I really appreciate that because, you know, like, you know, we're in showbiz. We know about all these, you know, there's these friendships. You go to these lunches, you go to these coffees, you pretend that you're interested in, you know, somebody's trip to Denver just because, you know, you're sussing them out. Do you got a job? They're sussing you out. Do you have a job? They're pretending to be interested about your recent trip trip to Denver. Everybody right. a lot of people go into Denver. A lot of beautiful city. Yeah. Popular vacation destination for Angelinos. Great micro brew scene. Great micro brews. Oh, the hiking. I love hiking. I'll go anywhere for a nice hike, Jordan. Show me a low to medium peak mm. and I'll take a plane to hike to it. Amazing. Yeah, so I really appreciate the honesty here. I wish we should all be so transparent in our relationships, you know? Have you ever had this experience, Jordan? Mm. You're talking to somebody online. Yeah. Girl, guy, A slash S slash L. Yeah. (laughs) You're in a chat. Yeah. Okay. You're in a teen chat room in AOL. Yeah. You're talking about young life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How's everybody's walk with Christ going? A slash S slash L. R.E., walk with Christ? You're chatting. Let's say you're chatting in in an app. Okay, Bumble. Right. Raya. Sure. You're in Raya, probably. (laughs) OpenTable.com. Yelp. Yeah, all the hot apps. TripFinder. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great to just use the social media functions of Yelp? Like, you know how you can, like, click on somebody and see their picture and what else they've reviewed and... To fuck? Yeah. You know, there's times when you're on the Yelp app and somebody, you know, does a witty or helpful review and, you you know, you see the little profile pic and you think they're cute and you think about what, how could I take this to the next level? I mean, I think the answer is there's no appropriate way to it. Maybe a bolder Yelp user could, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But not a Denver Yelp user like us. Yeah. (laughs) Bolder. That's funny. Well, you know, not funny enough to have said it, but (laughs) more funny than silence, certainly. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I guess there's kind of an anti-comedy to silence, you know, like. Yeah, fair enough. It's the jokes they're not making. I'd like to think that if I were a single man, now obviously I'm a happily married man. Sure. But if I were a single man and I was on Yelp, whether it was Yelp.com or the Yelp app on my smartphone, and I saw a really great review that no matter what the picture looked like, I might send them a little message to find out if they were DTF. Right. I actually just opened um, Gas Buddy here. Mm -hmm. And there's actually (laughs) a section to click if you're looking for more than Gas Buddies. Okay. If you're looking for a gas relationship. (laughs) Jordan, I downloaded Gas Buddy. Mm -hmm. I had no idea it had to do with gasoline. Oh, you were looking for friends to fart with. (laughs) (laughs) F4F? (laughs) Friend for fart? A lot of people get horny for those little pictures on Yelp. You know what I mean? You see a little picture, maybe you wonder if the person is attractive. For me, what makes me horny is the review. And specifically, if I read a whole review with nothing racist in it, just no racist stuff in the whole thing. No coded racism. Yeah. How long do you think we are until we get the news headline that Violent J has had his face and genitals ripped off? (laughs) A week before this comes out, right? (laughs) 
violent <laughs> Jay will have had. And I don't want that to happen, by the way. I, I should say I've been I've been on team juggalos are actually pretty cool for a while now. I don't want the man's face and genitals to get ripped off. But it, it seems like anyone who will give violent Jay access to a monkey is probably in some sort of Tiger King situation, like where mm-hmm. they have obtained the monkeys sublegally. I don't know. You don't think Jane Goodall is a juggalo? <laughs> you know what? I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. Anyway, RIP Violent J's face and genitals. Honestly, if there was any entertainer in America today who could make hay of a new genital and faceless form, mm-hmm. I think it's Violent J. It would give Violent J a career renaissance. Mm. New shit to rap about, new terrors to visit upon the youth of America. Yeah. If you want to have a spooky face, you don't even need the makeup. So it'll save a lot on makeup just by showing his skinless skull face to the crowd. (laughs) Yeah. Plus, I mean, same thing about dick. Right now, if they want to have a spooky dick, think of all the makeup they have to buy. Yeah. You're really saving a lot on dick makeup by just going out there on stage in front of the gathering whoop whoop Mm -hmm. take down your pants and you just show you just show them your nub (laughs) a dick used to be here (laughs) (laughs) i went on a trip to the lake and my uncle ate almost all the summer sausage and this is what's left (laughs) wait what (laughs) you know that little end of a summer sausage no the monkey ate it but you know where the like the plastic wrap on the summer sausage gathers at the end uh-huh. and it makes a little squunchy shape if you pull out the last little quarter inch of the summer sausage that's what violent j has after right. the monkey rips gotcha. his dick off okay 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 it's just that little squunchy bit i think the way you were saying it it makes it seem like his uncle did it <laughs> well i mean i don't know who, who is aunt married i mean hey and i think this is a good i can't speak to that this is a good place. Just to give some practical advice, if you encounter an uncle in the wild, adopt a submissive posture. (laughs) Please. Thank you. And don't think that just because a young uncle is adorable, it's going to be socialized when it's older. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Once uncles reach adolescence, that's when they're going right for the nards. Just get a house cat. Just get a cat. Cats don't want nothing to do with your nards. Our guest on the program wants everything to do with your nards. He's the head writer of the television program Archer, which you can find on FXX and Hulu, Mark Gannick. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great. It's an absolute delight to be here. What an honor it is to have you, sir, on the program, and what an honor it is to have been chosen by you to be star of the new season of Archer. I'm very grateful for it, and it means a lot to me. Uh, I wrote a nice email to John Benjamin to thank him for all the great work that he's done on the show, and uh, I really appreciate the vote of confidence. The couple of lines that we recorded already I thought went really well, and I'm really looking forward to the sessions that were, I mean, just email my agent, Josh, and he can get those sessions scheduled because there's oh. new seasons coming up pretty fast. So yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. We got August 24th. Well, we got to make sure we land your arc. Yeah. And that's really important. And mm, I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, arcs. Oof, uh, arc. Yeah, exactly. So important. Oh, it's all about. You don't have to talk to me about that. I'm a regular fucking Noah over Oof. here. Yeah. Oh, Wow. I mean, the thing is, is that I don't want to, you know, look, I, I don't want to upset you or anything, but mm-hmm. I ascribe, I mean, if you, you guys know the philosophy of radical honesty. Yeah, that's where no matter what, you let people know that you're there for their fucking monkey. Yeah, absolutely. No matter if it's detrimental to you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Or that you have to say it. And mm-hmm. now I don't do that. But um, I <laughs> do, I do, I did develop my own philosophy, kind of an offshoot of that, mm-hmm. which I call uh 
selective radical honesty. Oh, and mm-hmm. and so basically, what that is is that um, I have to absolutely have to tell the truth if one uh, I want to, and mm-hmm. two it would make the other person sad. Right. And I'm just really strict about that. So I would say it wasn't about you per se. You know what right. I mean? It was about, you know, needing the right person to play Hall of Mirrors guy. Uh, or as we called him, we were, you know, we started affectionately calling him around the office. I mean, I guess it was, it was still Hall of Mirrors guy, but it was, it was said with great affection. Yeah. Homg. Sometimes yeah. people would say homg. Yeah. They really would try. So Jesse's character that he plays in the season premiere of Archer Indeed. Which I think as of the release of this, you can stream on your Hulu app or FXX On Demand. Let's hope. This character is not replacing Archer as the main character of the show, because I think that Jesse... Sorry, and Jesse, can I just have a minute with Mark here? Yeah, um, I'm going to check my email. Yeah, Jesse, check your email. See if you get anything from Gas Buddy. See if they want to meet up. Mark, um, I think Jesse thinks that his character, Hall of Mirrors guy, is the new main character of the show. Do you you think now might be the time to tell him that... Guys, guys, Hmm. I got an email from Haystack. He says I can borrow his chimpanzee. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, man. I'll be back. I got to get back to him. Okay. Um, You know, it's... I honestly think it'd be funnier if we don't. Oh, uh, okay. I, I think I think maybe if we just you know we can let him think you know because I mean look I this I mean Sorry, I, guys, I, guys 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 Tech Nine has six bonobos. This is this is this is great news. Thank you, Jesse. It's huge. I gotta write him back. I wanted more than four. I mean, I feel like at this point, it's probably pretty obvious that this season actually doesn't have Archer in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've decided to go with more of like, it's it's I get, it's more of a tone poem, honestly. Ooh. Oh, okay. That's an interesting oh, direction. Oh, guys, <laughs> guys. Yes. I don't know any more Juggalo rappers. Those are the only other two that I could think of that weren't in the Insane Clown Posse. Coolio, maybe? <laughs> yeah, probably Coolio. <laughs> in all sincerity, Mark, thank you for letting me be on your amazing show. That's my favorite show. This is the honor of a lifetime. Thank you to the Max Fun people who <laughs> made the petition that I hope no one saw. What a tremendous honor. Well, let me say you are totally welcome. It was not my decision. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Wait, thank so yeah, God. Can, can we talk about how, how it actually happened? Because it's pretty amazing because Jesse has been such a vocal Archer fan. And I should say that I am too. Yeah. Jordan's a nut for Archer as well. Jesse's, it's huge. It's a, he and his wife watch it while they kiss. It's my wife's favorite show. We can only kiss when we're watching it. That is how we require our viewers to watch it. You must be kissing at all times. There can be no <laughs> coming up from That's why I've never seen the show. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to, yeah. It's sort of like a didgeridoo, circular breathing kind of thing you've got to do. It's just got to be continuous. Right. It's a tantric comedy. Yeah. yeah indeed. <laughs> So how did it how did it happen? How did we go from super fan to cast member? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I've been listening to you guys for a very long time. The, the story sort of goes that I was driving through Santa Cruz, you know, way back in the day. And and it was broken off that I had to listen to the radio like a chump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like, oh, a college radio station. I want to hear whatever, you know, droney, you know, like what yeah. this is just, you know, like hardcore sounds of industrial machinery yeah. operating. Right. And it's like, do you wanted to hear the locust? Yeah. And so you want to hear someone's friends challenging band. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Someone who like basically after the song finishes, essentially convinces you that it was the greatest thing you've ever heard. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Despite the fact that it was indeed monkey noises and it was indeed someone's face and genitals being ripped off. Mark, we can just say it. You wanted to hear what was coming up at the Coombwood Jazz Center. Thank you for finally getting that out in the open. When the Aptos Chess Club was meeting. (laughs) So yeah, so I was was driving through and uh, suddenly I hear... 
and you know, these two voices come on the radio and the p- sheer puzzlement on my face as I listened to what was happening. <laughs> Imagine and I was, our faces, Mark. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I would really prefer not to. Fair enough. I was like, I was like, I do not know what this is, but I think I need to find out. And so I would like, you know, when I went, got to wherever I was going, I looked it up online and found the MP3s. And so I've, you know, and I've been listening to you guys for a long time. And so. Wow. Oh, my gosh. I knew that Jesse was a fan. And so I uh, slid into his DMs, a phrase that immediately ages me. What are you, Ludacris? The rapper Ludacris? Now when the kids want to smash, they slide into each other's GBs. They're gas buddies. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, sorry. I should. I probably should have yelped you, but yeah. uh, no. So then I just. I was like, w- "Do you want me to pitch you?" And so I pitched him, and then and then we have this now future classic scene uh, mm-hmm. with Hollow Mirrors guy. So probably the greatest scene in Archer history. Can you imagine, Jordan? Imagine this. Imagine in your DMs on Twitter, you get an email from a guy named Mark, mm-hmm. and he says, "Hey, would you be interested if I pitched you as a guest on Archer?" And you like. Wait, no? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> no? <Please> don't. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm holding out for capital critters. Yeah. <laughs> Fish police or nothing. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's I can't imagine what a thrill that must have been. What was the recording process like? Did Jesse, did you just record it from home or did you go to a fancy pants studio somewhere? I went to our office when it was still pretty pandemic-y, but I went to our office. I think I might have even been recording myself. I can't remember if I got somebody to come engineer for me. But I went into the office and like Skyped with everybody. Everybody was so nice. And the main the main thing that I remember is like trying to figure out on the way there how to convince them that they really should tell me if I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> And we never figured it out. We just yeah, didn't. Fi- we just didn't figure it out. <laughs> we could, just couldn't hit the right. Yeah. Jeez. I was like, I am going to do. God only knows whether I haven't done anything. Like to say, I haven't done it before. Right. Like twenty thousand miles from having done it before. I made some weird noises in bubble, but like overall, never done it before. And the main thing that I wanted was just for them to know that they could just give me a line reading. Like if it came to it, it's okay to just give me a line reading. I won't feel bad. Whatever they need, I will do it. They just need me to bark like a dog for a while and then they're going to loop in John Benjamin doing an impression of me. (laughs) God bless them. Jesse, I think they could probably get Billy West to replace you. Mark, you got to know Billy West, right? Yeah, I think Billy West could do it. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know him personally. Just get Dana Snyder to do it. He's better than me. We have we have a longstanding feud. I have many longstanding feuds. It's unfortunate. <laughs> what other? Mel Blank Jr.? You got beef with that guy? Well, I mean, you know, obviously the scene that I eventually ended up writing, you know, with Hall of Mirrors guy was, you know, not actually inspired by what would be best for the show or, you know, even comedy. It was really inspired by my longstanding and very public beef with Argentinian short story writer Jorge Luis Borges. God, I fucking hate Borges. It's just, it's, un- I mean, look, I know pe- I know people are sick of hearing about this. I yeah. know that like every time I'm appearing on. Every time I open a fucking Us Weekly, it's about Mark and Borges. Yeah, I know. And so, because this guy, look, I'm a really even keeled guy. Yeah. But this, true. this guy, this fucking guy. Okay, so just, just listen to this. Okay, listen to what this guy says. Okay. Okay. Both mirrors and copulation are abominable because they increase the number of man. Get a load wow. of this fucking Come guy. Can you believe that? Are you kidding me? 
what's that about? And so I was like, I was like this anti-mirror guy and like, Look, side note, and the number of man, like mirrors don't work on women. Like, you know, like, yeah, are you, thank are you, are you, thank you. George Saunders would never. And he's basically saying that women are vampires as far as I can tell. And so, <laughs> and that's only true of like 40% yeah. of them. Well, uh, my ex-wife is for my paycheck. Yeah. So originally I was going to have Jesse just fucking in this hall of mirrors. You know what I mean? Right. Just get yeah. both copulation and mirrors really. But you know, like, I mean, at some point there wasn't even, you know, at some point, you know, you run into some corporate monkey who can't see right. the vision. If he's got his mouth full of face and genitals. <laughs> Just can't, can't, can't fucking see it. Talk. Can't. So anyway, I, uh, I'm i sorry to drag you into this. I, I mean, the estate will be in contact with you, certainly, yeah. the Borges estate. Your diss track was great, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. I honestly thought no one could go bar for bar. Marquez, maybe. But you, I didn't think so, right? Like, I mean, you know, like Garden of Forking Paths, like, you know, yeah. more like Garden of fucking terrible stories right yeah. guys oh! this fucking guy <laughs> uh, daniel add the air horn daniel add the air horn <laughs> unbelievable this guy anti-mirror yeah Fuck. this guy, fucking mark didn't go to uc santa cruz he was just driving through he went to a real university <laughs> Yeah, that's what they teach you there. Is, is <laughs> Drive through just long enough to enjoy some quality radio. Maybe stop Indeed. at the Saturn Cafe for a veggie burger and mm-hmm. then get the fuck out. I was starved for culture having this Borges shit shoved yeah. down my throat. And, you know, so I'm glad that I'm glad that I found you guys. God, RIP your mentions. The Borges stands. The Borges bros <laughs> are going to be. Then like my mentions would come back to life and it would also somehow be me or some shit. I mean, like, mm. you know what I mean? That's how that's how this Borges show right. works. Today, I was headed back from the automated teller machine and I saw a car that had a Saturn Cafe bumper sticker on it, vegetarian restaurant in Santa Cruz. And I had this vivid sense memory of not knowing it was a vegetarian restaurant, ordering something called Chick's Parm, eating it and thinking, God, why is this so awful? That's all. Just to have that Beautiful. thought. Fuck, this is awful. College was great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. We all had fun in college experimenting. College was wild. Yeah. Mark, do you want to use this opportunity to maybe give Jesse some notes? Jesse, some, in, just in general on his persona? Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. No, not about the performance, but just kind of his general deal, oh. life path up to this point. I mean, look, I we all, you know, how many roads must a man walk down? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, mm. as Borges once said. The answer for you should be a few more. That's, I mean, I think that's all I'm going to say. Just walk down more roads. Check out some more yeah. roads. Check, I mean, I mean, there's, there's other roads out there. How about this? How about you take a long walk off a short pier, Mark? Whoa. This is, this is, this that's is what my it, feedback for you. Take a long walk off a short pier. Okay, Daniel, do not play the air horn there. Okay, that I look. I I think you you have the start of a diss track. If I yeah. know if I know diss tracks, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I clearly do. You're a regular haystack when it comes to diss tracks. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, Jesse is um is Hall of Mirrors guy here? Could we could we talk to Hall of Mirrors guy? Is he here? Uh, hello, it's me, Hall of Mirrors guy. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Don't look in that mirror, that's not me. Over here is where I am, but you don't know where here is because wow. of the mirrors. This is better than when Seth MacFarlane goes on a talk show and does Stewie. And me? I'm Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Whoa. from the National Basketball Association. I'm gonna kick your ass, Bruce Lee. Yeah, we were shocked when he brought in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but like, you know what I mean? Like, when someone's on a roll like that. Gotta bring in Cage. You yeah. have to 
you, you know, I mean, you, you nod respectfully and then delete it, but you know, but you yeah, certainly yeah. nod respectfully. Yeah. I know Kareem because we're both Holmesians. We're in a Sherlock Holmes club together. So he and I are the two tallest guys in it. That's the thing I've learned about working with Jesse over the years is if you want the gold mm-hmm. and I do. You got to deal with a lot of haystacks. (laughs) If you want the gold, have him do it once. You get the lines as written and then you just let him go. You just let him riff. And then that's where you're getting showered with the gold. Yeah. Sometimes Jordan will have me say something and then he'll say like, well, how would a rapper say that? Mm. How would a Southern preacher say that? How would a homosexual say that? How would Robin Williams say that in 1991? I just go back to the beginning and go through the list again. Those are all kind of Robin Williams go-tos. Pretty much what Robin Williams did was just those voices, those very broad, slightly offensive voices. (laughs) You know, a genius, different time. Mark, before we started, you yelled at some children to go to sleep. How How is that going? Are the kids still asleep? Well, uh, funny story about that. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> there is no one else here and I'm in this room. So as far as they know, I don't exist anymore. Uh, oh. You know, object permanence, not really a part of their thing. They're, they're old enough for it, but they've just never really gotten there. You know, ball under the blanket. They just, you know, run off and run directly headfirst into a wall. Yeah. Asynchronous <laughs> development, it's called. They're super good at puzzles. Yeah, I mean, oh, of course. I mean, like, you know, they're puzzles that they make out of my electronics, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm very, very proud of their progress. And, you know, I just am really excited for, you know, the time when they stop peeing directly on my head at night. I mean, that's, I think that's, I think that's coming. What do you want it to go through some kind of Rube Goldberg machine? I mean, that'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, I, it would show a little bit of, you know, you want, you want that stem. What do you want him to pee around a goddamn corner onto your head? Oh yeah. Like how impressive would that be though? Like, <laughs> I, like be I, I, that would be incredible. Like just like the aerodynamics involved. Oh yeah. There'd probably be a system of fans. God, that would make it what great. One of those. Okay. Go videos. Don't you guys yeah. think just the okay. Go guys. It's just a fun power pop song. And somebody pissing around a corner right on Mark's fucking face. <laughs> oh, yeah, specifically mine. I think that's important. You know what I mean? Like, I think they should make a move into water sports videos. I think that's yeah. that's really the next logical step for them. With OK Go's deal of, and I don't know if they still do this, but if they still yeah. do the fun Rube Goldberg music videos, they should cover that song that goes dun-dun-dun, da 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 you know, the factory song. The fucking factory song, yeah. They could write some lyrics to it, like the lyrics to the Odd Couple theme. Sure, you know, yeah. Everywhere they go, they are known as the couple. It would be, but it would be like everywhere they go. There, shit, I can't. Factory, they're on a <laughs> conveyor belt. Factory, you gotta make some stuff. <laughs> That's just off the dome. Listen, I'm not in OK Go. They'll crush it. I'll just do some ooze in the background. I think that's really where I'm at. You know what yeah, I mean? Just yeah. like, 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 just I think that's I think that's my role here. Do you think, Jordan? Because wh- some time ago, Mark, and I can only hope that you haven't heard this program since we were all in college. But that's when we peaked, by the way. Yeah, that was the first and last time that Jordan peed around a corner onto my face. Mm-hmm. But uh, some time ago on the program, we came to an almost spiritual relationship with Walton Goggins' vodka brand. Well, Spirits brand yeah. that features a vodka. And we learned about the extraordinary musical talents of the audience of this program. Just the incredible gifts that so many people have to waste on us. 
And I'm wondering if there are people out there, Jordan, who are ready in the Jordan Jesse O audience to make vocal arrangements of the factory song. (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting proposal. I mean, I would say probably write lyrics, but you could just scooby dooby doo your way through if you're in fucking Manhattan transfer (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Let's make a list of our dream bands to do this. Okay, go is first. Manhattan transfer has got to be number two. Yeah. Boingo, boingo. It's an artist, not a band, but Coolio would be great. (laughs) Coolio would be incredible. Do you think he could get Haystack on the track? I would love for this to be premiered at the gathering of the juggalos oh god i would love it but i think i mean you know throw lay down a metal guitar play a little fucking flute whatever and then uh, drop some vox yeah on the factory song jjgoatmaximumfun.org send it to us i don't give a shit it's one less thing i have to think of to say well yeah you guys want to check on the conveyor belts and then uh come back for another segment we'll be back in just a second on jordan jessica It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, if this episode is like other episodes of Jordan Jesse Go, and I'm going to venture that it may be, in the sense that it's substantially a waste of time, mm-hmm. not a, entirely, but substantially, I'll say that it is brought to you, the listener, by you, the listener. The members of Maximum Fun are the people who make this show possible. So thanks to everybody who's gone to maximumfun.org slash join. You rule. You're keeping our lights on. Our thanks also this week go out to the folks at Stitch Fix. Now, Jordan, Hmm. what do you do when a problem comes along? You must stitch it. Yeah. Stitch Fix is a service that helps you find your new best look. Your next favorite clothing is coming from our friends at Stitch Fix. All you have to do is tell a robot what you look like and what kind of stuff you like. Now, this robot manifests in the form of a fun quiz over there at stitchfix.com slash JJGo. Yeah, and the robot is best friends with a personal stylist who's an actual human being. They work together to handpick stuff that you might like, and you can either have them make a little store for you to shop from, from stuff that they already think you'll like, or send you a little shipment of cool stuff and you can return as much of it as you like absolutely for free. And it is actually genuinely easy to return anything you don't want. They even put the envelope in there for you. All you got to do is uh, drop it in a slot. Yeah, it is a really fun, easy and convenient way to shop. The quiz is a blast and I got my beloved bird shirt from them, a shirt that always gets me a compliment, most recently from a cool teen in the drive through at Popeye's. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's where many of the coolest teens hang. Oh, yeah. He was working at Popeye's. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, if they're hanging in the drive through Yeah. That's <laughs> probably a disgraced former pastor or something like that. <laughs> that's somebody whose life is broken down. Yeah. No, this is a teen who's gainfully employed at Popeye's, uh, building character there, learning the uh, value of a hard day's work. And the taste of a great flaky biscuit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Stitch Fix, I genuinely love using it. I think you will, too. Get on over there and take the quiz. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash JJ go to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash JJ go to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer purchase within two days of sign up. Now, Jordan, 
Hmm. There are many sizes of dose. Yes. Today, I'd like with you to focus on the micro size. It's one of the smaller, perhaps not the smallest. It's a littler dose. Not nano dosing. Listen, the folks at Lumi Labs have a micro dose gummy that delivers the perfect entry level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Jesse, I'm micro dosing with Lumi Labs. I love these little guys. Edibles can be unpredictable, you, you know, hard to tell how much stuff, how much you're getting a what, but these things really are just a, a little kiss, a little kiss for your brain. I like to pop one if I'm having a little trouble sleeping, if I've had a stressful day. It, it is really just a great way to chill. I think. If my brain needs a kiss, I go and I grab one of the great flavors. Wild berries, one of my favorites. Go grab one of those, pop it in there. I say, oh, daddy kissy. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to say daddy kissy while you're enjoying the Lumi Labs microdose, but you can. You can say it. <laughs> There's no law that says you can't say daddy kissy. You won't be arrested. Well, you microdose with Lumi Labs. A microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and, and... 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that's microdose.com code JJGO. And remember, when you pop that microdose, daddy kissing. You don't have to say it. You, you can. You can say it, I guess. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. Mark Gannick, shambling vortex. He was ready. He was there with that Borges level shit. Marquez <laughs> level shit. Hey guys, I have a momentous occasion. Ooh. Nothing momentous has happened to me in a long time, but something momentous happened, which is I took my eight-year-old home to San Francisco, which is Jordan. I don't know if you knew that. That's where I actually, where I grew up. Interesting. No, it stayed the same, right? Or has it changed a lot recently? I uh, know it's exactly the same, okay, which is why I'm going to share with you some stories mm -hmm. from my childhood that you've heard a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I took my son to San Francisco with me. We went and did some fun San Francisco stuff, went to the aquarium, went to the ball game. But there, were, the highlight of it was, I mean, you know, Jordan, that I have, Mark, you may not know, I have a tiny Japanese van. Uh, it's called a Subaru Sambar. And uh, it's very, very small and very distinctive, very unusual in California. And there is this internet guy who is into these cars. His name is Todd. And he is like a like our friend Jenny Jardin or Mark Frauenfelder or Matt Howie. He's like a an original blog internet celebrity, you know, like a Gen X cool nerd. Buddy Holly frames. The whole nine yards. Doc Martin. This is I'm sorry, this just this just way before sorry, this is way before my time. I apologize. I'm not I'm not getting any yeah. of this. <laughs> well. You are three years younger than You're us. You're a Gen Z icon. <laughs> so this dude made his bones, became famous on the internet because he figured out that if he registered a corporation and bought a magnet for the side of his van, he could park in commercial loading areas in downtown San Francisco. So he's known as Telstar Logistics because that was the name of the company that he made up to park in loading zones. Mm -hmm. And a real nice dude. And uh, just like three, four days before I went down to San Francisco, he tweeted at me. He said, hey, if you ever want to borrow my Japanese fire truck, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> 
if you have any Japanese fires to put out. Yeah, if you got anything. So I, I messaged him. I was like, I mean, I don't mean to be greedy here, but I'm going to be in San Francisco on Saturday. Where do you live? He lives like six blocks from my mom. I'm like, I'm going to have my eight-year-old with me and my mom. Can we borrow your Japanese fire truck? <laughs> Yeah, where do you go in a Japanese fire truck? Takes it a couple times around the block, or do you? What is? Oh, wait, wait. through a drive-through? Yes, Mark. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just have a really okay. important question, which is, right. what does the siren sound like? Okay, so he <laughs> Japan, Japan <laughs> says Japan. He has recorded genuinely impressively. I mean, this is like a real commitment to the bit situation, but it plays like a regular siren sound. Like it has a siren, and you know, it has one of those like walkie-talkie things. And I jokingly said to him that if I had a real PA on top of my car, all I would do is go around and say, the Blues Brothers show band and review Lake Wasapamata. And he said, well, actually, and he goes, boop, 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 and presses play. And he has recorded for the city of San Francisco, or he has had a Japanese woman with a beautiful voice record an extensive Japanese language Godzilla warning. Um, that is absolutely tremendous. She did a great job. It's fantastic. So you, at any time you want to, you can just play the Japanese. And I didn't play anything. I didn't want to like get pulled over in somebody else's Japanese van because I was playing, you know, super hyphy through the speaker or something. I, I mean, I'm like, whenever you want to, that that is literally every second of every day, it seems like. I mean, like, I feel yeah. like that is, that, that's too <laughs> much know. leeway. That's way too much leeway. All I wanted in the world. But what was great is, so my mom has a dog that doesn't go anywhere without her. She doesn't go anywhere without it. And she drove us over to Todd's house to pick up this Japanese fire truck. And I assumed she was going to get back in her car and drive back to her house while my son and I drove around in the fire truck. But she was like, oh no, I'm riding in the fire truck too. And I was like, well, there's only two seats in the fire truck. And Todd says, well, actually there's four seats behind the cab of the fire truck. And this fire truck is like the size of a Miata, maybe. Like it's as tiny as a small car you can imagine. There's two backwards facing jump seats, like outdoors, backwards facing jump seats, sandwiched between the cab and the pump. And my mom is like, well, that's where I want to sit. And so my almost 80-year-old mother and her dog climb up into this open backwards-facing jump seat in the back of the tiny Japanese fire truck and fucking are like, yeah, let's go. Hit the gas, son. I want to ride in the back of a fire truck. Is there fire fighting tools in it? Like if, God forbid, you came upon a fire, could the truck do something about it? A hundred percent. I mean, the truck is not sentient. It would need my help. Right. But it's not some sort of Autobot or Decepticon. Or your mother's help, obviously. The thing about a Japanese fire truck, and apparently Todd told me this is true of like large Japanese fire trucks as well as tiny ones, is they don't have tanks. So American fire trucks have a tank Ooh. of water. In Japan, they either connect to a standpipe or they just pump water from the surrounding area just because rural Japan is so full of rice paddies and much of Japan is, you know, marshy or, you know, semi-aquatic or whatever. So there's just standing water around. So they have a pump but no tank so i would have to find a reservoir or a bathtub okay. or something if i wanted to do something i mean i could yell at it or i could do that blues brothers thing you know the thing lake wasapamata yeah. and see 
if that, I mean, maybe the fire is excited to see Cab Calloway. If the fire is of a certain age, it would probably laugh itself out. But if it's yeah. like a younger fire, it probably doesn't even know what that's from, you know? Younger fires just have no respect for the classics. It's just... Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah younger fires only want to hear quotes from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Younger <laughs> fires want to hear from Yocus Pocus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not called Yocus Pocus. Anyway, I, that's it. I just <laughs> I drove around in Japanese That's great, fire man. Truck. I'm glad to hear that you've joined the community of like weird car eccentrics. <sighs> Love it. I love this life. How long do you think before you're cruising around Studio City in a jalopy with Leno? Can I tell you what? I was stopped at a stoplight here in Northeast Los Angeles the other day. Pulls up next to me is a uh, like a sob from 1968, you know? And inside is a guy who couldn't have looked more like Bernie Sanders. Mm. Like um, if you imagine a more slovenly Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he engaged me in an in-depth conversation that was the only premise of which was... Hey, look at us, a couple of weird old men with weird cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we're the kind of auto enthusiast that doesn't choose a cool one. Just I just take you inside, you know, your psyche at that moment. Were mm-hmm. you excited or was there any resistance to being like, these are now my people? No, I love that the gates to the afterlife had opened to me and I could just blunder through my death and into a low horsepower heaven, a no crumple zone heaven. My son was in the back of the van. And he's yelling and he's eight years old, but he's mocks me relentlessly. He's yelling in the front seat and he's just going, dad, dad, tell him it has 50 horsepower. Dad, Hmm. tell him it has 50 horsepower. Was this a thrill for your, like, is your son a truck kid to the point where like, this was like an all time, I'll remember this for the rest of my life thrill. He, I think for the most part, that's something that fades around age five. And he wasn't ever exactly that, but like realistically, if he had not had that reaction to it, I would have had to get a different kid or one less kid. New son. Because I had already gotten us really good tickets to the baseball game that night. But like how many levels above that is going for a ride on a tiny fire truck? Like other than having my own team of ghostbusters maybe <laughs> yeah. how could i sure possibly having gone to college with willy wonka and you know like speaking of the like i keep trying to tell him that my friend hodgman is in minecraft story mode and that is not connected with him <laughs> this fire truck didn't work i mean jordan you know this story and jordan just you go listeners know but like one of the great disappointments of my life was once when i was running for the bus the muni bus for elementary school I was cut off at the bus stop by a fire truck that parked in the bus stop and it went past and the firefighters noticed and they offered to take me the rest of the way to school in the fire truck and it wasn't very far. So I declined because I froze and panicked and I said, no, that's okay. And then they drove away and I immediately knew that I had made the biggest mistake of my life because I could have gotten a ride to school in a fire truck. And this was my like, there you go. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Mark, you a truck kid, dinosaur kid, horse kid? Uh, no, I was mostly a, you know, alone in my room reading books kid. Um, mm-hmm. That was that cool. was more my speed. Oh, and yeah. to this day continues, uh, have very few hobbies or interests or uh, <laughs> it's mostly just I sit in this box and wait to be called mm-hmm. upon to do something. And that's Beautiful. about all, that's about that's about what I have going. Beautiful. Yeah. All we did as children was read novels and our files are still mixed up, Jordan. <laughs> just like Miss <laughs> Basily Frank Weiler. Yes, we'll have to call <laughs> 
or Amelia Bedelia. <laughs> Thank you. When something momentous happens to you, we ask you to call us at 206-984-4-FUN or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's one momentous occasion call. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guests. Margaret Nashville. Calling because I just saw one of those... Uh, German license plates that people put for fun on the front of their car. And this one said, eat ass. Have a nice day. Wait. So that's a little something <laughs> called Southern hospitality. So wait, I okay. Did she say a German license plate that people? Yeah, the German license plate that people put on the front of their car. I don't think I know what this is, Jordan. You know those German license plates that people put on the front of their car? I don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, well, you know, like I don't. Well, what kind of license plate would you put on the front of your car, French? I, I mean, I think just the one I'm legally required to from the Slovak date, and it would just be, I don't have a personalized one, so it'd just be kind of a random collection of letters and numbers. No, I think people put on the front of their car, they put German license plates, Jordan. <laughs> what was this person? Wait, what is this? Help! <laughs> I, don't, I feel like I'm being gaslit, and I don't like it. <laughs> What is that? What is this about? I'm just yes anding Margaret from Asheville because that is some bananas nonsense I've never heard in my entire life. It may be because we live in a state that requires front and back license plates. Could be. Could be. So, so this is this is clearly at least a trend in, in whatever pocket dimension she lives in, Asheville, North Carolina. Which is apparently full of millennials. Mm -hmm. They love eating ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my German license plate says avocado toast. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to uh, book a plane ticket to Asheville. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Asheville? Is that funny? Yeah, sure. Why not? Cool. Yeah, I think so. I'll eat it. Thank you. <laughs> so I guess in <laughs> in Asheville, if we're putting this together, you can have your regular legal license plate and then just a funny German one on the front. Do you think it has to be German? I don't know. I'm. <laughs> this is making me feel insane. <laughs> this whole thing. This, there's some legal loophole where it has to be German based on some sort of strange treaty that was signed after world. That's the only one that could be German. They will not accept Swedish. It was part of their reunification program in the early 1990s. Or it was just a slow invasion. They just thought that they'd eventually just eventually annex our cars <laughs> by making this a trend. You got to start at the front and work your way back. I hate this. <laughs> I hate how I'm feeling right now. <laughs> or you got to start at the back and work your way front, if you know what I'm talking about. Sure, talking yeah. about eating ass now. Yeah. I switched. That's fine. <laughs> to ass eating. I mean, it's probably more fun than silence, but I couldn't tell you that for sure. <laughs> Hard to say. I guess we'll never know. Uh, Daniel, we got another call in there? Jordan, have you heard John Cage's podcast? It's spectacular. Very good. Go ahead and press play, Daniel. Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and Go. This is Whitney in Santee, California. I have a momentous occasion. I was just watching an episode of Bar Rescue that just came on super randomly. I literally never watched that show, but it was taking place in El Cajon, and that's like 10 minutes from me, and I've lived in El Cajon most of my life, so I was like, what the heck, I guess I'll watch this episode. And then a couple minutes into it, I see freaking Jordan there, and um, so, yeah, that's my momentous occasion. Uh, not momentous for most people, I'm sure, but I thought it was pretty cool. 
Love the show, guys. Bye. I think it'd be momentous for most people. Yeah. Not right? all. No, not all. I mean, you would have to know who I was. Yeah. Like, but if it was, for example, Jill Biden, I think she'd be pretty fucking stoked. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I think we talked about it this on the show when it happened, but because Bar Rescue is such a heavily rerun show, basically, it is all the Paramount Network shows when they're not showing Yellowstone. Uh-huh. I think once in a while, they'll show like Big or something. Yeah. I, a couple times a month, we'll get some somebody hitting me up because they saw the episode of Bar Rescue I was on with Matt Myra, where we were the recon guys. If you've ever seen that show, the first part, uh, you know, a bar's failing, nightlife expert John Taffer, a mean dad who owns one sport coat, comes in, he tells him to shut it down. He fixes the bar, gives it a new TGI Friday's coat of paint. Yeah, and I think he thinks uh, bar employees are lazy because of unemployment insurance or something. Yeah, John Taffer has had some bad takes that he He's kind of walked back. I think, you know, I think we can just say that while I enjoy the kind of perfect reality television package that is Bar Rescue, I maybe don't support all of John Taffer's beliefs yeah. that he may or may not have walked back. Whatever. What you're saying is that you think there should be fungus uh, yes. on the lines. <laughs> yes, I think all chicken nuggets should have mold on them. Okay, good. I just want to make, just want to make sure I had that clear. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of these weird things where, yeah, uh, our past guest Scott Gardner texted me the other day. He's like, holy shit, your Bar Rescue is on. And yeah, this really proves to me how many people just turn that shit on on Sunday morning and leave it on while they do chores. I have a question, Jordan. Yes. Of the following three, what do you get the most texts about? Yeah. Bar Rescue? Probably that one. Go ahead. Scandal? Okay. Or All About Steve? Ah, oh, interesting. Yes. My three credits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Three credits. I mean, literally no one has ever watched the episode of Comedy Bang Bang I was on. Mm -hmm. Uh, No offense to that very funny episode of Comedy Bang Bang or to Super Dave, who was the guest star on that. Which of those? Because I know like Scandal at the time was one of television's most popular programs. Yeah, I think Scandal was big. And then I think it definitely had a moment where like it got put on a streaming service, Netflix or something, and like everybody binged it. And then I had a, like a recurrence of, oh my God, you had two lines in an episode of Scandal. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, a club I'm in with Hari Kondabalu where we each get, a, <laughs> get three $4 <laughs> checks a year from our two lines in Scandal. It might even be the same episode. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I have a couple lines in the famous, Sandra Bullock debacle all about Steve and that yeah I think that kind of had a similar thing where like I don't think anybody I knew saw it in theaters but like I think it had a lot of cable life and then I think it got dumped onto a streaming service at some point and I got a little bit more but that bar rescue has just been constantly on TV since it shot and I think it plays four times a month That and I did not get paid for it and I do not get a little <laughs> tiny check every time it, it reruns so I gotta say when I got cast on Archer, it somehow changed my union status. I'm still not a SAG member, but it changed my union status. And one of the big positive things that Mark brought to my life, besides giving me lines on my favorite show, is I got like a $160 residual check from that time I was on Comedy Bang Bang. It was like one of those things where like a musician becomes a recluse until a fan tracks them down to get their ASCAP royalties. Like I think the whoever sends out the checks. Yeah, they sugar manned you. You got sugar manned. (sighs) 
what a dream to be sugar manned by Mark Gannick. <laughs> they would all dream to be a sugar manned by Gannick. Mark, do you have like something you've worked on that you would say is like your most famous thing? I mean, Archer is obviously like a huge fucking show that every comedy nerd. That's your actual professional accomplishment. Yeah, that's I mean, that's I mean, that's basically what it is. And then so what? Generally, how it works is that it'll someone will see my name on a show, not knowing I haven't, I haven't spoken to in you know twenty years. You know what I mean? Since high school, usually it, it breaks down like you know, sort of like it'll be like, oh my god, I saw your name, and then it very quickly becomes like an, an insult. You know what I mean? Like basically, it'll, it'll, <laughs> yep. it, I know this, I know this thing. Yeah, where it'll be like, wow, like that's that's amazing, and then there's like usually some comment that amounts to like, you weren't funny. What happened? <laughs> and then I think about all the horrible things I'm going to say to this person and then just write, thank you. And then yeah. I go about my day because I'm a coward. Yeah. You have a lot of really good, look at all these fucking good credits. I'm looking at Gannick's IMDB. I really thought I would immediately find something very embarrassing. What do we got here? What are we talking? This guy was on fucking Infomania. That's where Aaron Gibson got Oh yeah, famous. sure. A very funny show. I was on an episode of Infowars. <laughs> playing cabal member number three my embarrassing credits generally don't make it to imdb when you're talking about bar rescue there was a, a while where i worked for uh what i call the daily show butt circuit where it would just be like the daily show but nerd the daily yeah, show sure. but black the daily show but i wrote i wrote for all of those shows and the one that was without a doubt the worst one i i did was for the food network where they were trying to do a daily show for the food network hot takes and hot plates see we could have used you back then that's we didn't even have that and so i'm here i'm available i'm available and the thing is is that you know like like you say that that network is entirely reruns and so you know like so we're we're, we're busily trying to do our best and just like looking at each other while we sink into the mire like the horse from never ending story <laughs> and like and then we this directive came down that's like you can only talk about shows on our network you can't make fun of them and it has to be whatever new episodes we have this week and so we're like first of all that is a none of that makes any sense at all but <laughs> yeah. uh and I think we were the first people to count how many new episodes there were on Food Network per week. And it was two. There was two. There were two new episodes. So you just your show is showing one of the episodes. Basically, we have to show them at basically twice speed. And then our show was done. Yeah. Uh, that wow. show never, never quite made air. Strangely A celebration enough. of these episodes. Yes, indeed. And then, you know, that's also when like when you get like the reality show guy making a comedy show for the first time. That's always a really fun proposition. And I like I am. I'm really way too accommodating and like I'm always trying to do the best job I can when I absolutely I'm like this is a sinking ship you should not be doing that <laughs> you didn't have to kiss Paula Dean. it was the one maybe the one time I ever just totally snapped on a boss which was where like he was like we're gonna do like this like roundup of food news and he's like make it like you know like weekend update I'm like all right fine so like you know go off and I write this thing and I come back he's like ah this isn't quite right can you do it more like the daily show and I'm like all right and so like go back go off and I write and I come back and then he's like ah oh, I'm still maybe we can make it you know like more like the snl opening monologue i was literally like i was like you gotta tell me what you want like i can't yeah. i cannot give this to you and then he said the words that every comedy writer loves to hear which is like i'll know it when i see it uh oh, at which no. point i had an out-of-body experience and what i remember shouting at him is let me give you one of everything in the universe how does that sound <laughs> You went full fucking Noah on his ass. Oh, God. I Yeah, my uh, my contract was not renewed for that show. <laughs> my one of those that also has never made it to air, thank goodness, is I got hired to write for a compliment show to a popular military shooter game. 
they wanted to do a clip show based on people like streaming their hyper violent military shooter. So we kind of like start going around for clips of like something noteworthy happening on a Twitch stream. And we kind of compiled these clips and they're like, okay, none of these work for us. You can't show anyone who the audience would consider a bro and you can't show anyone getting mad. And I'm like, well... Uh, that's I just had no clue who their audience was, what actually happens on Twitch. Just like had this weird idea that somehow people would be doing original comedy pieces while they were streaming this hyperviolent military shooter. Anyway, sometimes jobs are bad. That is, you know, if we can take anything away from this, I think what people we want people to learn is that sometimes jobs are bad. Sometimes jobs are bad. They are. I actually, I worked, Jordan, on a very similar project. It was going to be like a fun clip show based on Baseball Mogul. Mm. And one day the executive producer comes in and he says, you're not allowed to show any static screens of tables of baseball statistics. Right. And I'm like, do you even, do you even, (laughs) have you ever? Have you played your own game? (sighs) We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It could happen to you. You're all grown up now, a professional adult with diverse interests and hobbies. And one of those hobbies is video games. You just can't help it. They're so good now. If that's you, we're here to tell you, you are completely normal. I'm Maddie Myers. I'm Jason Schreier. And I'm Kirk Hamilton. And together we form Triple Click, a podcast about video games. If you think you might be a person who likes video games, we hope you'll give Triple Click a listen. Triple Click, new episodes every Thursday on Maximum Fun. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster? (laughs) Doctor Who? Yeah! It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Organic iridescent tombstone. This guy's ready. Can I uh, just before we before we say goodbye to Mark and talk about Archer one more time? I just want to want to do a quick little aside about the bar rescue episode that I forgot to add while we were talking about it. It's that you don't stand behind anything that Matt Myra says. No, I know. Listen, Matt Myra's from a different time. Yeah, (laughs) he's like two years younger than me or something. Playing a character on the show. Yeah, he has to have heightened. uh, Yeah, yeah. and no. Anyway, so most bars and bar rescue close before the episode airs. <laughs> but the one that I was on the episode for, it is now called The Study. I think it was called The Poor House, P-O-U-R House. And it's one of the few bar rescue bars that's still open. And kind of the premise of the episode was that it was haunted. And that's why the owner was neglecting it is because he was too afraid of the ghosts. Uh, if anybody is in the like San Diego-ish area, I'd love to hear how that bar's doing. So yeah, I'd love a momentous occasion from... I'm excited about this. So if anybody's in the area, 
area and can uh, visit the formerly haunted bar from my episode of Bar Rescue, I think we'd love to hear how it is. Uh, 206-984-4FUN. Yeah. And if anybody's in the Carlsbad area and uh, just wants to go to Tip Top Meats, the German delicatessen where you just point at the meat you want and then they cook it for you and then make it into a schnitzel or whatever. If you could just go there and then call me and just tell me what it's like because I miss it. This could be an evening. Grab your sweetie. Oh, Fill man. them with meats. Go get a little haunted beer afterwards. That's a night. You're getting laid after that, my friend. Somebody drop a line to New San Diego Padre Juan Soto. I think he's going to want to hear about this romantic night we've got planned for him and his honey. It involves pointing at some meat, having it cooked up with some schnitzel and maybe a few European Haribos. Mm. Then head out to the study for some moldy limes. Mm-hmm. Three-way with Matt Myra. And then grab a German license plate for the front of your car on the way home. <laughs> what, yeah. it, what the fuck is that about? Eat ass it says eat ass eat ass it shouldn't say that see the thing that's funny about it is that it shouldn't say that place place shouldn't say that and so but then it does is there a german phrase that's like etas <laughs> etas mein Friendin, etas i was thinking about this and i feel like if the stasi the east german secret police had eaten more ass maybe the berlin wall would have fallen a lot earlier that's true or much later i mean maybe they were they would have been you know communism would have seemed way better because exactly of the rectal stimulation absolutely Mr. Gorbachev, eat out my ass. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> you guys ever uh, go there and uh, trade ass eating for American blue jeans? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we could probably do this for another 20 minutes. But, David oh, we're Hasselhoff out of time. We're out of time. We're out of time. Something, 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 something. We, so much more our theme music is Love it. You by the Free Design, courtesy of the Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Watch Archer. The day this episode comes out is the day it becomes available on Hulu. So watch that shit. It's my favorite show for real. And it is genuinely, actually, truly the highlight of my entire career. Like, sorry. Number two to interviewing David Letterman. Number one, interviewing David Letterman. Number two, getting to be a voice on Archer. And that's actually, I think, sincere. And number three, our seventh Chris Fairbanks episode. (laughs) Oh, man, that was a good one. Was that the one where he told us about how he was turning his bedroom forest theme. That's the one. Yeah. Oh man, that's, one. that's great. That's a good one. He's a gifted artist. Well, I want to say like, I just like, look, I've, I've listened to you guys for a long time and I was just so excited to actually come on the show, which is, you know, which is why it's, you know, so odd that I hated it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not any weirder than a guy that's fucking handsome becoming a comedy writer. Look at this guy, Jordan. Yeah. Look at this Gannick right here. Fine, tight haircut too. This guy's got yeah. two kids. He's probably had sex more than two times for all I know. Hell yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's close. Honestly, I'd have to check my records. <laughs> it's neck and neck. And just, uh, I would like to dispel this notion right mm-hmm. now. I think my look is the best described as like the worst person your sister ever dated. I feel like that's <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's something really sinister about it. And yeah, I understand that there's not really much I can do about it. It's fair. You look like the kind of guy who would get a German license plate for the front of his car that says, don't eat ass. Mm. That is the kind of guy. <laughs> Fucking shady as hell. That's my face. That's not, that's not my personality. No. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. Daniel Zafrin, our producer, producer emeritus, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez. Love you by the free design. Our theme music. Maximumfun.reddit.com is where you can find us on Reddit. Hashtag it JJGo on Twitter. Hey, Jordan, I am dead serious about people fucking writing lyrics to the factory song. Do it. Send that shit in. JJGo at MaximumFun.org. You could win a Grammy if all you have is an EOT. This could be your ticket. That's true. We could help you G. Okay.
That's it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jessica. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.